It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's our goal. Hey! It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's also a show. Hey! Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Bread with Tom Papa. I am Tom Papa. Thank you for being here. We've got a great show for you today. We've got a great comedian all the way from India. Veer Das. Very funny, very thoughtful. He's got a new special on Netflix called Landing. Uh, it's really good. He's really good. It's so impressive when he's you when we when you listen to his story, you're gonna be um you're gonna be very impressed. He's very uh he's very thoughtful, but there's also you know I can't imagine like being so huge in one place and then it's humbling to come to a brand new country and reboot and, you know, you know, it's like imagine, you know, being like this, this gigantic star and then you come over here and it's like, who's this guy? <laughs> uh, that is not where he's at now. Now he's at a point where people really do know him, but to like nail it and then come and then like okay i'm gonna go conquer this market you've got to be a little humble and he is he's very very smart very thoughtful you're gonna love his comedy the special is really great and the special is in a somewhat in response to a bit of a kerfuffle that he went through uh where he went to the kennedy center and he read this poem about his country about india and it caused a big stir and he kind of went through uh, the firestorm of people reacting in very exaggerated ways on social media and in the press. And he had to kind of suss that all out and respond comedically. And that's kind of what this special is. It's very funny. You're really going to like it. And uh, you're going to really like this conversation. Go to TomPapa.com. Look up all of my tour dates. I'm running all over the country. I am going to the Kennedy Center soon. I think that might be sold out. But we've got Chicago. We've got Denver. We've got Scranton, Pennsylvania. We've got New York. We've got uh, the Borgata in Atlantic City. We're coming back there on Memorial Day. We're going to... Uh, start the summer off right at the Borgata at the Jersey Shore. So go to TomPapa.com, look up all of that good stuff. Of course, What a Day is streaming on Netflix. It's uh, it's new home. So go watch uh, the special and enjoy. I am uh, excited to wrap up this podcast because on my way home, I get to stop at the Italian Deli where I have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the treats of doing this podcast is right around the corner is one of my uh, favorite L.A. Italian delis, this Monte Carlo. And they have guanciale, which is where I can, which isn't carried in my supermarket. And I am going to be making a, uh, a carbonara tonight, which is uh, very exciting. You know carbonara. A little egg, a little guanciale, a little pecorino, a little bucatini pasta, a little pasta water. Mwah! Simple and amazing. So I'm going to stop there and get it. If you don't know what guanciale is, it's kind of the inside pork cheek. Uh, I know, I know. I'm feeling, hearing my vegetarian family yelling and screaming. I know. 
But for those who <laughs> are, are not offended by that, it is one of life's uh, complete joys. I like just walking through that deli. It's just, uh, and there's an Italian newspaper that they, an Italian-American newspaper, but all in Italian. A couple things in English, but mostly Italian. And uh, I like to get it and uh, walk out and then like, kind of try and read some of it. You know, I've been trying to learn a little more Italian here and there, which means not really, but... I do like the moment of get the guanciale, get some provolone, get some burrata, load up on some stuff. I always, I always want to buy enough stuff where they have to give me a box on my way out. Then I know that I've actually uh, done something. And then this is purely just ego and me. I just grab the newspaper, which is for free, grab the newspaper and uh, wave goodbye and walk out. And I, in my mind, I think they think, oh... He's legit. He even speaks Italian. <laughs> and they know I get home and uh, it'll be on my counter and I won't be able to understand much of it <laughs> at all. But I'm very excited to go do that. I have uh, I have a vegetarian, a vegan friend coming over on Sunday. And uh, I was like, I'll make food for you. I can do it. And she's like, nah, we, sh- we, well, we can go out. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, I don't think she's really interested in, in my tofu ginger attempts. She's like, yeah, I know what you do, Guanciale. We're going to do vegan out. <laughs> um, Veer Das, great comedian, great conversation. I love just hearing his journey because it's unlike, I would say, any comedian that we've had on this program. It's totally unique. How do you come from India, a place where comedy is just emerging and become one of its biggest stars you'll find out when we talk with fear das how's the I, I love the special by the way how's it doing thank you you happy with the how it turned out yeah yeah and all of that stuff? yeah Great. it's good it's uh it, it feels like it built on the last one and uh and now last night i went and did um uh, the Comedy Magic Club, which is a... Yeah, I've been there. You've been yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Uh, just because I've been doing all these little, like, 15-minute spots everywhere. Yeah. So last night, I got to see, like, what do I have now? I did an hour, so I was going to see, like, like, how much have we accumulated since the special? Do you have enough? Yeah, I have enough. I have, I have seven enough. minutes. <laughs> I'm so terrified. <laughs> and I go on tour March 1st. So oh, time. you got some time. Yeah. I'm next week. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. You need it like came up fast. you need about forty, forty-five minutes at, at the very least. Right? Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, and it felt good. It was like, all right, we're in good. We'll be okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna be okay. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> How's the reaction been to the special? Really good. Good. Really good. It, uh, I mean, we can talk about it, uh, but uh, we're, we're rolling. All right, are we? Yep. Oh, great. Uh, the aim behind the special was to make both sides laugh mm-hmm. whether you love my content or whether you don't love my content and <laughs> touch would be been okay it's been uh three weeks and both sides seem to be laughing yeah that's yeah, good yeah <laughs> do you check comments do you i uh i mean we all get a sense i i think i'll check twitter which is maybe not the best place to check at uh-huh. all so i'll do the hashtag of the special and i'll go down to see what people are saying yeah and also I don't know, but I think Twitter's become meaner than the comments. Like, you know, <laughs> Twitter's like, 
comments with good grammar you know uh, <laughs> yeah. is twitter so i think twitter kind of hardens your soul a little bit yeah and but comments is just comments right so then you go down that dive but twitter you can be like okay i hate you i hate you news <laughs> you know <laughs> something's <Right>. happening in <laughs> in aruba yeah. or whatever uh well you you had this thing just for for my listeners we talked a little bit of, yeah. about it on the radio show but uh you you did a very controversial video yes. at the Kennedy Center yeah uh called two indias yeah and it was the end of your set and you went up and you read basically a poem yeah uh that explained all the uh good things and bad things of yeah it was your home sort of an ode to my you know my yeah. people in my country. it was really nice it yeah. was really i mean even being detached and not knowing mm-hmm. exactly some of the elements which i'll yeah. ask you about in a bit um the the thrust of it was really yeah moving and cool and great yeah uh but i'm i'm using that as a way to bounce off of the comments mm-hmm. discussion yeah. because you got hit with a ton of comments off of that yeah no it's a it's a weird thing i'll, I'll uh, so when i'm talking about this i'll say as much as i can without starting another news cycle for myself right <laughs> if that's all right cuz yeah. that's just something i have to be mindful for as well cuz right you know the first cycle was uh, a shitstorm as as we talked about right but yeah i did this video and it was um it's kind of like many videos that i've put up on my, on my youtube channel and yeah for some reason and i still can't tell you why this and i don't think you get to predict why you strike a chord sometimes and yeah you know and this struck a chord and um is getting a lot of love and then 3 days into it i think we all have the angry news channel in our country yeah. you know uh, so you have yours we have ours yeah. and they picked it up and uh, did something about it and angry news channels lead to angry people and angry people lead to angry comments and angry comments lead, lead to angry stuff so it was yeah very stressful and then You know, I just kind of had to go underground for a bit for about two months. Explain to me the stress of it. Uh, the most stressful thing was feeling like you let people down. I should clarify that. Uh-huh. You know, with, with the, but you know, there were complaints. They were saying um, take his passport. You know, there were uh, I think some people had filed, you know, uh, sort of complaints against me, and you were getting your hate mail and all of that stuff, right? So. at that point i think you don't know what's real anymore you know uh-huh. when you're at the center of that and i was just told listen turn your phone off and turn it on after a while uh-huh. and if it's still going then you're fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right? a good strategy that's a good strategy right yeah. so so I, i was told by people who've been through <laughs> these things before they're like you'll have your time in the sun right, <laughs> right? and then and then you go to the back of the line and hope it's a really long line yeah. and i think anybody who's creating art or you know has their time in the sun sure. right but they're like it's a six day cycle usually <laughs> six it, day yeah and if you're uh-huh. if you're still kind of trending on twitter after six days you're fucked right uh, and on day six like somebody just went and turned the light off thankfully and it was off it was off but i turned my phone off for i think about two months because i i think i mean to go from that into something I, I think I really learned the hard way what it means to be a comedian mm-hmm. this year because you you know we go for the laugh and and we never know what's going to get the laugh and what's not going to get the laugh yeah. or what's going to get the powerful laugh and then I had this situation and I was like okay I have to talk about it because the next time anybody sees me on stage 
you know, they wanna... they're going to be thinking about it. Yeah, right? yeah. What's your reaction? But I'm never going to talk about it on the news. I'm never going to talk about it in, you know, on anything else. Yeah. It has to be a joke. Right. You know, so yeah. for three months, I just, I could not think of a joke. <laughs> because how do you write this, this elusive joke that brings everybody to the table, irrespective of how they felt uh, about your content? Yeah. And casts you as the idiot in the joke. Mm-hmm. Never lionizes you, never victimizes you. Right. Puts you at, just as the idiot. <laughs> in the safe, idiotic space. In the idiotic space, right? <laughs> like... And then I think I saw two or three things. I saw, I saw Chris Rock mm-hmm. make a statement saying, when you want to hear about the Oscars, you come see my special. Uh-huh. You come see my show. And I was like, okay, that's something. Right. Um, I was telling somebody, but I saw there's a documentary called Conan O'Brien Just Can't Stop. Uh-huh. And it's about how when he was dealing yeah. with the Tonight Show situation, he just pivoted that into a show. Yeah. Right. And in a really cool way. He never talked about whether it was fair or mm-hmm. unfair. I have yet to see him right. talk about whether it was fair or unfair, what happened to him. That's a good point. You know, he just made it funny. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, fair, unfair doesn't matter anymore. Right. Is this a funny story? Mm-hmm. And is this an interesting story? And so, I think I've told you this, but the first joke I wrote was three months later. I just kind of woke up in the morning and it was like, all right, I was on the BBC homepage in England. <laughs> and the BBC homepage said, comedian polarizes the nation. Do you know how badly you have to fuck up before the British say that you divided India? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, at least that's a tone, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm the idiot. Uh-huh. Uh, I fucked up. <laughs> Both sides can agree that we hate the British. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully now there's a way to go. Yeah. So then it formed at least an in in right, the special. Yeah. The special is about a lot more, but yeah. it's kind of it checks in with this story about three times or four yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. But tell me about the I mean, you learned you learned how to get out of trouble being a comic. Yeah. The thing that got you in trouble mm-hmm. wasn't really that comedic. No. It was really just from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. What is your view as as a comedian? What put that paper in your hands? What made you write that? And I couldn't and sit tell and you. Do it? I, I, and I, I tend not to. Is it part of the comedian that w- just wants to relate and just is this is? I don't think I was doing it as a, as, of, as, as a comedian. I think I was just doing it as a person. As a person, you, you know. And uh, I think my YouTube channel was a is a healthy mix of like I actually don't put that much stand up on YouTube. So uh-huh. I'll put like music or I'll put like you know different yeah. sorts of things. So I think it was one of those things. But we honestly just didn't expect it. You right. know, it's like. My wife and me, we were touring DC and we were at some monuments and, yeah. you know, the show was at 7, 7.30 and, and at 4 p.m. I kind of wrote this piece down and I went to my wife and I was like, should we do this? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, maybe it's the DC is probably a part that bothered them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then right? we Being found another like, country and. I, I don't think so because a YouTube channel is, you know, 98% of the views on that video have come from within India. So I don't think that's a, you know, uh, and, I, and I've done videos abroad as well. I'm, you yeah. Know, and most of the crowd is Indian too. So I don't think it was that. It's just, it encapsulated the entire year of events. So maybe mm. that was that. But I mean, my rule is simple. Any feedback is good feedback. Mm-hmm. Any feedback is valid feedback. I'll take it head down, mouth shut. Right. Right. And right. I'll never critique my content. That's your honor mm-hmm. as an audience member. 
and I have to honor however you felt about that. That's valid. Right. My job is to just take that and see if I can learn from it or pivot it into something funny. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I, yeah. you know, I, I think your survival instinct kicks in and that was my process to say, right. it's all valid. It's all good. Yeah. However you feel. If you yeah. feel, uh, I'm sorry if I hurt you and I'm happy if I made you uh, feel something. Right. And now let's go to the stupid. The you know? special's so good and it's it's kind of like, Kind of like the Conan thing with uh, with he never really had to address it. Yeah, it's like you just moving forward with your comedy and yeah. just going. It was like, how can you not like this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It really, it's like, oh, this is not we. You know, because I bet a lot of the people that were angry probably were. It wasn't your fans that you turned off. It was just people that were watching the angry news stuff. And, you know, maybe there's some of it, but I mean, the people that were new to you and because yeah. of the thing. Then they see the special and they're like, all right. Yeah, I think so. But, but also I think that's par for the course in terms of getting a, a slightly wider audience. Of You know, earlier this many people used to watch stand-up. Yeah. And as this thing grows, and it really has in the last four or five years, yeah. now there's that many more people at the table. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be like nascent reactions to things. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like I'll have people sometimes come out wherever I am uh, touring and... They've never been to a, a comedy club before. They've mm-hmm. never seen a comedy show before. They just came in because, oh, that guy from that Bollywood movie, let's go. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, why is he talking about his dick so much? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What or, kind of show is this? <laughs> you know? Or they're like filming during the show because they don't know it's protocol to not film a stand-up comedy show, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think it's just par for the course where you have to deal with these things, but the blessing is the larger audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. And yeah, and the right, exactly. And the more the people, the more you're going to have those comments. It's just the way it's going to go. I, like I said, it, it truly just kind of, I had to learn what it meant to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And any sort of safety net I had was yanked away. Uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes you go for profundity or, or it seeps into your material, etc. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I'm I'm previously guilty of indulging those pauses uh-huh. or indulging those silences. And suddenly that was also taken away from me in this special as well, where I'm like, yo, if I have a silence, I better have a big ass laugh around the corner or uh-huh. something silly around the corner. <laughs> right. Because I don't ha- I can't take that leeway anymore. You know, what so do you mean? From- why? Why with the silence? Because... I- it was really important to me that this special was uh, comedically valid. Just con- just jokes. Pa- packed with more jokes. Packed with more right, jokes. Right, you know? right. So I think there are three deep silences in it and yeah. one where I throw like Aziz under the bus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Aziz and Hassan under the bus. Uh, the other one I'm being <laughs> sodomized by a Frenchman like at the end of the silence. And one, the silence is the funny bit. Right. You know, so it kind of yeah. took that away as well. Right, right. In that sense. Yeah. Like, are you okay to... Sit in the silence. I'm not. I'm not there yet as a comic. I'm okay with it, but and and I do it more when I'm touring. Yeah. But by the time the special comes, yeah, I'm editing so much out of it. Yeah. That it's just that there's not. My goal is to have not one line that's not funny. Yeah. And it just becomes a freight train. It just becomes. There's no real pausing. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something about the, like you said, you want the, it to be packed with jokes. Yeah. And uh, especially recorded, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, 
I don't think they want to just hang with you. <laughs> they want to be kind of like... <laughs> I mean, but then, you know, Gerard Carmichael, you know, he's... I mean... He works that very well, you know. Uh, but it, de- it depends on the pacing of what else you've got. I think going. it works for him because of how personal it is. Yeah. You know, and you can... I mean, that's something I've seen recently is, you know... In a special, you have mm-hmm. to feel the emotion, and in a live performance, you have to project the emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a comedy special, that's a tough line yeah. to walk. Yeah, because you know the camera never it. lies. So if you're not feeling it, yeah. and it looks remotely theatrical, yeah, you can mess up your entire special. <laughs> yeah, you're because right. of a moment that was going for. You know, the, yeah. the third balcony, <laughs> but know. the camera's like here. You yeah. know, yeah, it is a strange thing. I was talking to a comedian the other day who. He wants to record his special audio, okay, and then animate the thing that you see. Because he said, "I don't feel like I have to be that close to a comedian as you are in your specials. <laughs> I don't want to be that close to the face. I don't want to be that, in you know." Yeah, and, and there's a there's something to that. There is something to the. You know, a yeah. little more distance. But then, you know, you also want to lean in. I don't know. It's not a, it's not, it's definitely, it's definitely an art form because, you know, even when you go and you start editing and you yeah. start looking at your stuff, you're like, you know, you start to lean in more towards what was happening that night that you weren't yeah. thinking about when you went into it. I think also, like, one thing I'd love to do someday because I I directed this one, so I... I had two close-ups, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them was at a funny point, and one of them was not. And typically, right. it's the it's the temptation of the director to be like, "He's saying something confessional." Right now, <laughs> let's go in. Well, yeah. Let's push in slowly. I just want to do a special where every time you talk about dicks, we push in slowly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just something stupid. Yeah. You push in slowly, and then and then you just stay wide. <laughs> but. It yeah. is still a piece of cinema. Like I do draw the it is the difference between a, a special and a, a live show. It has yeah. to compete with cinema. Yeah. No, it has to look a certain way. It has to. I really believe I've used really good directors on them just yeah. for that reason. Because uh, there was a time when it's almost like watching YouTube. Yeah. Advance. You know, in the in the beginning, it was just you could just film something shitty and people yeah. and now it's really sophisticated and people are you know really spending time on it it's the same with stand-up specials for a while they were just comedy central just locking off and bringing yeah. comic after comic yeah and now it's like yeah you gotta you gotta put some thought into all every aspect of it i i shot it and i was supposed to edit and deliver it in four weeks which is really soon yeah if, if you're looking at yourself that's where about where i was you know so i need like 10 days to not look at myself and like go away <laughs> and then the first time you press play you're just like oh god please <laughs> let this not be every nightmare i've had for six months and then i put it on and i was like i right, look my hair looks fabulous. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, then, I don't look that fat. <laughs> that's all I need. I, I needed like one punch of vanity and I'm like, okay, now I can yeah. edit this thing. <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> I baked you some bread. What? Yeah. I'm not Yay. sure. When do you leave LA? I leave tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Yes. <sighs> all right. Well, do with it what you will. Can I try it now? You can take a look at it. All you right. can eat it. It's your bread. Thank you, sir. I baked this for you uh, last night. Yo. And uh, 
This is incredible. It's like non bread, but exploded. <laughs> so, can we talk through? Are you tired of talking through how this works? Oh my God, never. Yeah. Okay. So, how does like how long does something like this take? Three days. Okay, but then you have a. I know this is like a starter yeast, and yeah. then then you have to grow it like a garden, or something. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like an animal, like a like a like a pet dog. This was alive. <laughs> yeah, it was alive in a as a as a gooey mass, and then you start to uh, you feed it and break this, make it into jump. dough, and then after it's dough, then it's bread. <laughs> it's so about three days because you got to get that yeast kind of active. How many people in LA do you get to offer bread to on a <laughs> weekly basis? Because isn't this you know a sin in LA? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of closeted mm. bread eaters in in uh, in LA. No, it's what? yours. It's yours. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Eat with it, throw it into your suitcase, bring it to New York. Done. (laughs) Um, I'm going to walk through JFK with some bread. (laughs) I did it. Gaffigan was on. Okay. And I gave him bread and we had this great time together. And we didn't realize we were on the same flight going back to New York. And I saw him at the airport. We were both going to our Mm -hmm. cars. And uh, he had the bread. Nice. So he came arm. through. Yeah, watching him walk through the bread. Of course, Gaffigan's going to keep bread on him. He might be, I think, the first stand-up DVD that I ever bought. Ah, really? It was the the Hot Pockets? <laughs> yeah. And you have to understand, like in India, if you're a stand-up fan, at least when I was getting into stand-up, yeah, it was a task to get stand-up DVDs. Really? So you had to buy them on Amazon UK or Amazon US. Wow. And you had to wait six weeks for them to come to India. Jeez. So, and we had no idea who was popular or who wasn't. So you're just like, what's available? So I remember buying like Craig Shoemaker, uh-huh. Jim Gaffigan, <laughs> um, John Pinnett. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. The great John Pinnett. And, and I had Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and all of that stuff. Yeah. But then... It was such a gamble because it cost so much to bring it to India. Wow. And if your shit wasn't good, it was so disappointing <laughs> at, a, at a profound level because you're like, I, I waited eight weeks for this. So who who were the comedians that, what, what got you thinking comedy? Um, Eddie Izzard. Eddie uh, Izzard. George Carlin and Richard Pryor. Right. And Those where did where would you where did you see them? I saw Eddie Izzard just DVDs. Yeah. There's a DVD called Dress to Kill. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, it, yeah. But it's, I saw that that I saw that off Broadway in New York. It's amazing. It. Yeah. Right. Um, Raw and Delirious, and then not the uh, not the one on Sunset Boulevard, but the other Richard Pryor one where he before he had the fire. Right. Uh, is it the Hollywood Bowl? Maybe, mm. which I think might be his best. Yeah. I just remember those. And so were you, was there comedy around when you were a kid or you... Like, I was in Africa. So I was in Lagos, Nigeria is where I grew up. So, oh, okay. So you were getting like Fresh Prince of Bella, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor on television. Right, Because it was right. Nigeria, right? So, right. So that, that's just the first time I saw stand-up. And then <laughs> I saw Russell Peters, uh-huh. you know, when, when YouTube really began. Yeah. And I was just like, my God, I've never seen a brown man be this edgy and this hilarious. Yeah. And so he just kind of... God opened up a gate in my head, you know. I remember when that started to catch for him. It was like it was fire. Yeah, it was like a, a, he unearthed a part of the globe <laughs> that didn't really know comedy. I think he went from the club to selling out 
you know just arenas yeah. without like theaters in between <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know way before anyone was doing it yeah it was amazing so how long were you there how long were you in Africa? in in nigeria i was there my parents were there for 17 years what did they do uh, my dad uh, this is sexy as hell are you ready yeah uh, pre cut potatoes in tomato pulp Ooh. That's my dad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> As a baker. <laughs> yeah, is, I get it. Right. Uh, I might be the only person that's actually turned on by that. <laughs> I can't have sex without them. No, that's my uh so those were the two things that my dad did. My mom right. was a housewife who then became an environmentalist. She went back to college when she was 44. Oh, nice. And then they sent me to private boarding school in India. Um and then I was politely asked to leave boarding school <laughs> at what age did they send you uh they sent me when i was 7 7 uh-huh. and a half which is very young to yeah, go to boarding school yeah it's young yeah um and then i was i think i was kicked out when i was 12 and so i went to public <laughs> school where my grandparents were oh really so i lived with my grandparents for 4 years so you weren't really around your parents not until uh, my final year of high school and wow. first year of college what's that like We had a nice uh, reunion, you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> my dad <laughs> My dad came back, you know, from Nigeria after a while and he's like, "You know, you're kind of an asshole." And I was like, "I know, <laughs> but, but you should have, you know, hi. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's good to see you." Wow. And did you feel at the time was it hard to like when you're packing up at 7? Yeah, you know, in some place what Are you do you feel like Oh, I used to They've left you? Do they feel like what I was very dramatic. I used to write them letters in red ink and oh. be like this is my blood. You've forgotten about me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so can you imagine your kid is across the world yeah. and you're sitting in Africa and you read this letter and you're like oh my god. Yeah. And but still not go get him. <laughs> still not go get him. And I went because my sister's older than I was. Uh-huh. So they were like we'll just package deal send them off and I'm like she's Jeez. you know 12. She's old enough to go to boarding school. Yeah. I'm not. And What do you think their thinking was that there was just better schools there? Or they wanted you They to... wanted us to have an Indian education. Right. You know, and it was important to them that we learn Hindi and understand India. Right. So and I think my dad is one of those guys who for 17 years every morning woke up and he's like we got to go back. We're going to go back. We're going to uh, go back. Right. It took him 17 years but finally it took like five political coups in the country <laughs> and the country shutting down and them going go back and then then we went back. <laughs> you have no choice. Get <laughs> yeah, out of here. Nigeria. Wow, that's a strange thing as a parent. Could seven, you do it? Never. Yeah. Never. It's good for your kids though. Like not at 7 but at like I 13, so. 14. I it's think a good so. Thing. I think we live in a in a time when we you know keep them as yeah. long as possible and you know you, you read these stories of like you know Mark Twain leaving home yeah. when he was 12 and just went off and was living his life and you can do it and it's it's you know I mean, it's very coddled in a lot of places here in the states mm-hmm. um they're filled with a lot of love yeah but uh it probably does something to the worldliness to the hustle to the it it does uh, what it is though is it's very equal that's what i loved about boarding school is uh, look everybody that gets to go to a boarding school is above a certain level of privilege of course right right but even within that there's a massive range of sure. rich kids and kids who can barely afford to go there etc yeah same uniform same bed mm-hmm. same shoes mm-hmm. same books you know yeah. uh, who your parents are matters very little in your boarding school They're, right 
you're only seeing them four months a year. Yeah. So you really do learn to get on with every type of person. Yeah. Which is the best thing about it, I think. Do you have relationships with the kids? My best friend in the world still like uh, uh, so we had corporal punishment in boarding school, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know just very physical stuff. So yeah. we had uh, we had to take our pants off and somebody take a hockey stick and like hit us on our ass and then you do that in a line and then go back to the back of the line. <laughs> and I was the kid who wouldn't shut the hell up during the, you know. The punishment. Yeah, so I'd be like, boom, oh, no. catch one. I'd be like, wasn't that hard, you know. And, and then I think at one point during a beating, I took it too far and a senior just went at me. And my best friend and me, both we both met uh, where he gave me his pillow because I, I couldn't sit down because my oh. ass was blue. Oh right. my god! And he's one of my two best friends till date. To this day, yeah, yeah. Well, you were surviving together. You were these, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> but Jeez. they had such creative punishments in school. Oh, that's so like, brutal. We had something called a slap circle. All right, so it's it's all your friends. Uh-huh. And you stand in a circle with each other, right? <laughs> And then you slap each other. This is for fun. This is for fun, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> when you're in trouble. And of course, karmically, your best friend will be standing right next to you, right? And so what will happen is you'll give your best friend like a light yeah. sort of a touch. And then the senior will come and slap the shit out of you, right? <laughs> so now you go to your best friend, turn on him completely and smack the shit out of your best friend. He gets angrier, hits the next guy, hits the next guy. <laughs> They do three rounds and then they reverse the order. Oh, so the guy who just... You get revenge. <laughs> you get revenge after that. So they really just have to start the circle. Wow. And then it just carries on, which is Jeez. evil but brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> good education, ultimately. Very good education. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Indian schooling system is, is actually fantastic. Yeah. It really does prepare you for college very well. And to be... Uh, Doctors all through the United States. Right? <laughs> right? It is the amount of pressure put on Indian kids to be doctors. <laughs> when they come to the US, like back home, parents yeah. are like, you want to be a guitarist? That's fine. <laughs> but here they're like, doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, because it's the... You have an opportunity. But your your sister's really successful. My sister's very successful. Uh, so you both went off as little people. Yeah. And... Who needs mom and dad? You got to work and you're both really successful. She's a filmmaker? She's a filmmaker and a novelist. So she won something called the National Award for Best Documentary. And and that's the equivalent of, um, I don't want to say the Oscars because that's, um, is there like a government award that goes out for arts? over? No. It's it's a big deal for us. Yeah. Our government pretty much pretends there are no arts. (laughs) 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 <laughs> what Saturday Night Live? We don't know what that is. Are they talking about us? Yeah. Uh, so she won what that. What was the documentary on? Uh, it was called Fiddlers on the Thatch. And it's about uh, a priest up north in India, in the northeast. And he found like in an old British mess hall, he found like a bunch of broken down violins and cellos. And he raised money and he fixed them and he taught street children how to play Tchaikovsky and Beethoven and wow. Indian classical music. Wow. So he formed an orchestra with street children. Amazing. And now they tore the world. So really good story, right? Great story. Um, and Great so she story. won uh, the National Award for that. And wow. I think she's her third novel is being published soon. So Man. smartest. Po- and I tell dick jokes. Uh, this, is our <laughs> <laughs> this is our family. 
<laughs> Are your parents still around? Yeah, yeah. my uh, my mom is uh, with the UN, mm-hmm. uh, and my well, dad is a businessman. So yeah. And uh, is he still into potatoes? No, he's now yeah. uh, into <laughs> infrastructure projects. Okay, which good. is potatoes, really. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Uh, what did he think when you were first started getting into into stand up? Yeah, I didn't tell him. Uh, I had this. I went to college in the states, and I had this teacher kind of come over to me after semester one and he was like I say this to one kid every five years you're meant to be an artist and, uh, and, oh. his, and his name is Ivan Davidson and he's like now shut up and take every course I tell you to take and this man made an actor out of me but kind of drove me insane you know o- over three years like really what did he see what did he did he say why no he, he just he just picked it he just picked it like I went to him every week and I'm like, you say that to every fucking kid, don't yeah. you? It's not just me. <laughs> but he made me his TA for, for acting and put me in like 10 plays. And, and why did he drive you crazy? He was very like emotionally focused on what your weaknesses are uh-huh. as an actor. So he really uh-huh. got to the core of who you were, a human being, and then would find a way to artistically break that barrier. Like for, he was in the arts department. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a theater professor. He was yeah. the theater professor. But for instance, you know, in scene work, I uh, I can't watch violence towards women. For mm-hmm. instance, it's it's something that's I just can't physically or visually see it. Yeah. So he cast me as Stanley in Streetcar Named Desire, <laughs> right? So it, bring the bring back the slap circle. Right. Firstly, <laughs> Stanley with an Indian accent, hilarious. Let's be honest, Stella, right? You know, <laughs> but you know, there's that scene where he comes over the dining table, yeah. and and it's a violent scene. Yeah. So he'd do stuff like that. He'd know that you were weak at that, uh, and then he'd give you that kind of scene work. Um, valuable. I, valuable yeah i yeah. did i did equus oh i did equus right so you know that's you're naked on stage which is were you uh you were the kid i was alan i yeah. was the professor you were dysart i was dysart Di- yeah but as a way too young of a man i was also way too hormonal for equus so <laughs> so how we did equus in scene work was uh you know, Equus is about a boy who uh, stabs some horses because he can't get it up because he can't get the image of the horse god out of his head. Yeah. And he's trying to hook up with the stable girl. And so I think it was, I come out stage right, naked. And this girl comes out stage left, naked. We both arrive at the center of stage, kiss, look down, equipment not working. Um, you know, yeah. that's it. Fate Here we to black, go. Right? Yeah. This girl and me had been hooking up for like four weeks before <laughs> this thing. So, so equipment worked in every scene, <laughs> which, you know, like if you stab horses because you yeah. don't get it up, as opposed to if you stab a bunch of horses because you do get it up, like that's a very yeah, different that's a play. Different perversion <laughs> you know? that you're cu- gutting out their eyeballs. So, so, so I'm going to Ivan and I'm like, Ivan. My shit's working. And he's like, you got to focus on your internal monologue. And I'm like, fuck my internal monologue. I'm not this good an actor. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm a young <laughs> acting student. I'm 21. Yeah, and you're hooking up with her. Forget it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it, I had to play the professor. I had to play yeah. Dysart. And I was, I came back to the school to play it the year I graduated. Okay. They, they asked me to come play it. And, you know, he's a 50-year-old middle-aged man, you know, yeah. chain-smoking and midlife crisis, and he's going through all of his stuff. And I'm 
I should have been the boy with the, <laughs> the naked boy. And I'm, I'm like trying to be older. You know? I'm trying to smoke a cigarette. I never smoked a cigarette before. And it, was, it was rough. <laughs> I had um, at the end of American drama school, which is very, you know, sitting in a circle and crying and people yeah. saying things like emote with your shoulders, and, you know, and, yeah. and stuff like that. I got into this thing called the the Stanislavski School, which is by the Moscow Arts Theatre. Yeah. And they do it in Cambridge every summer. It's a summer program. And this is four years of drama school in America. Right. Many thousands of dollars. <laughs> and this Russian teacher comes up after four years of my studying acting. He's like, acting is uh, very simple. Just uh, read script, believe script, do what the fuck you like. <laughs> and I'm like, I just spent four years... Doing movement <laughs> techniques and emoting with my shoulders. Yeah, he's not really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You ever read uh, David Mamet? Yeah. His yeah. his his book on Glen Gary Glen Ross is him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he wrote a book on acting or on directing or maybe just on show business, and he says pretty much the same thing: learn your lines, say the lines, <laughs> listen. Yeah, that's 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 all you got to do. When your father, when you said you were going to drama school, he... Oh, yeah. I, I, for, I didn't tell him for the first two you years. You just said, I'm going to university. He thought I was studying economics. Oh, okay. Because I, I, <laughs> I went on a, on a reasonably large um, scholarship package. Like, uh -huh. so, what school? Uh, Knox College. Okay. And I think school was 27 grand or 28 grand, and, and we, yeah. we could spend three. Right. You know, so they gave us the rest. The school gave us the rest, uh -huh. you know, in aid and scholarships. Yeah. So my dad was like, you got to do economics, you got to be on the, the dean's list, and, and really make the most of this opportunity. I'm just stellar. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and so, he has no idea. And I called him like two years later, the year before I graduated. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm an actor now. And he's like, you made a promise. You're still going to do the econ degree. Oh, man. So then I had to double major. So I think... My really? theater GPA was 3.9 and econ is like 2.0, <laughs> like 2.1, <laughs> yeah. barely scraped through. Oh man, you made a promise. I made a promise, yeah. yeah. You think there's value to that, that you followed through on it? I know what my parents went through even for those three, four thousand dollars mm. You know, my sister had to direct documentaries and you know, yeah. my sister is, I'm 21, so my sister's 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. So imagine starting your film career and every penny that you earn is being sent to your brother so he can study in the states wow so i'm i'm wow. acutely aware of uh, yeah there's a large amount of sacrifice that got me here you did know? you get along with her was she I love when she sister. was she when is. she knew that was happening she still loved you yeah it I, wasn't like oh that guy <laughs> no my, my sister since i was eight years old has been this sort of He's not gonna survive without me. <laughs> you know, I need to. Like, I remember we got ten rupees pocket money per week, and she'd give me five of hers. Really? Even though I got ten on my own. Really? She'd give me five of hers because she's like, he won't make it. <laughs> he's he's weak. <laughs> That's great. Like, uh, there's a story in the special where I I go up at a school debate and I insult a senior. Right. It's the first time I touch a microphone. Yeah. And <laughs> my sister's beautiful. Yeah. Right? And so I'd venture to say like 60% of my ass whoopings are just guys who wanted to date my sister and she said no. <laughs> and they take it out on yeah. you. But when I was on stage and I was making fun of this senior prefect and it's the first time I was on the mic and I was eight years old. Yeah. The only visual that I have in my head is just of my sister in the audience just going, what the <laughs> Stop. 
you know, because she knew how oh, I get my doing. ass whooped. So she's she's protected me my whole oh, life. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So when you get the economics, so you had to follow through. There was no, you weren't fighting. You just doubled up. And it I was, was do both. not even remotely helpful. I graduated the year after 9-11. <laughs> oh, great. So, got to yeah. Chicago, um, washing dishes and selling kitchen knives door to door the year after 9-11 as a brown guy. I did not. Shh, going door to door. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of Cutco Cutlery? No. Oh, what is it? They're like knives. Yeah, it's well, a knife no, set. What's the name? Cutco. Cut, no, I don't think so. It's really great. They give you like a, a leather strip. Uh-huh. And then you're like, uh, you pull out one knife and you, yeah. you make like five cuts in the leather strips. <laughs> then you pile up all the strips and you cut through that shit as well. <laughs> nice. Then they give you a penny and you take the scissors and cut through the penny. <laughs> And I had the demonstration down. I was yeah. just brown. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, bad timing. Yeah, <laughs> no one's opening their door, uh, looking through the thing. Why did you decide to stay in the state? And what would would your dad think at the, at this point? My dad cut me off when I was twenty one. He did. Yeah, properly. Like uh, just because that's yeah. whatever you were doing. That he, yeah, he's like it, no, and yeah. did it in the most badass way. Where I was home for holidays after I graduated, and I was getting back to the states to audition for drama schools and you know try and yeah. get get into grad school he cut me off 20 minutes before i left the house for an international flight going back to the states so you know i was leaving for the airport at 8 and he sat me down at 7:40 and he's like by the way we're done uh, <laughs> really i'm cutting you off when you land in the states you are officially on your own wow we're not sending you any more money have a safe flight. <laughs> and then I took off. Were you kind of expecting that? or No, I was devastated. You were. Yeah. And then... Um, was it a... Was it a... Just this is the way life is going to go? Like he'd been planning that? Or was he angry about... No, direction? he wasn't angry at all. I, I think he, it's it's what his father did with him. And, and he just and, said, this is your man now. Yeah, and I think if, if I was ever in deep shit, my dad would come through. Sure. But I... Uh, Had he done that to your sister? My sister, I think, was earning even before she got out of college. Like, right. she's ridiculously qualified and intelligent. So, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think it, it gave me fire to, like, get into grad school. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll show you. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll get into grad school. And I did. Yeah. I, I dropped out. But, uh, but, I got, you, but yeah. I got into the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. Nice. <laughs> so, so I went from selling kitchen knives door to door to Montgomery, Alabama, where there is one other brown person. Yeah. And we saw each other in a parking lot and ran at each other like pandas who had found each other <laughs> and hugged each other. And uh, oh. I, I remember I couldn't afford a car, so I would cycle to the theater mm -hmm. every day and it was half an hour. But I'm cycling down I-95 in Alabama <laughs> with just people screaming all sorts of shit. I literally was thinking about this last night because I was driving along. I was going to Comedy Magic Club yeah. and it was down this beach road, basically. Yeah. And it's dark and yeah. the sea. And, and there was a guy, and it's kind of slow, and there was a guy on a bike with this blinker. And he's and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to hit this asshole. Yeah. Like, get, it, get out of the road. And then I was, you know, I was, have empathy for, I'm like... Maybe the bike is the way he can get around. Maybe he doesn't have a car. And then I'd almost hit him again. I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I think the, 
maybe the way to tell is like cycling shorts if there's cycling shorts and a helmet then right. fuck that guy yeah then fuck that guy <laughs> you know if but if it's like a business yeah, cargoes or something yeah. like that then then maybe he's yeah. in my situation work shoes <laughs> yeah, yeah. no i had a lot of a lot of osamas and you know yeah. just sort of people screaming all of that shit <laughs> right and uh oh man i'd met a girl uh, you know over the holidays so i i didn't make grad school i dropped out for a girl Oh really? Why? Where was the girl? In India. Was oh, she like, was in uh, India, and you met her in the states. No, I met her when I was home on holidays, oh. and uh, I, I was. And that yeah, was it. That was it. Yeah. 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 Uh, really. Yeah. Is that the girl you married? No, uh, I was engaged to that girl. Thankfully, did not work out. But uh, my wife right now is um, a badass event manager like my wife used to run India's Rolling Stone sort of magazine it's called Rock Street Journal right. so she's done like mega death concerts and like Herbie Hancock <laughs> festivals wow. and all of that stuff wow married me and is now a crystal healer tarot reader nice. and and runs charities for stray dogs and and all of that stuff so wow. we kind of chilled out together that but she's a, she's badass yeah that sounds badass which i think artists need like i think mm. neurotic artists need like somebody grounding yeah Like is that your equation are you grounded or are you grounded? I'm pretty grounded. Yeah. In ways and then other ways not and then she kind of balances that off, I believe. I yeah, I, yeah. But do you I mean there are you know because you take various risks with your craft. Mm-hmm. You know, so wait like do you feel like she enables that a little bit like enables you to do that? Because like I see your specials, mm-hmm. and they are very like you can tell it's severe focus on craft and really going for it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I th- I just think I think artistically, I think creatively, yeah. I think creative people yeah. have a sensitivity yeah. that uh, makes you um, either confused or vulnerable or. what have you just in the everyday you know so as much as i'm dialed in and you know pretty responsible and get things done but there's another like you know psychic part of me that is adrift at times you know what i mean like what yeah. you're saying and you, you kind of have that like you like you're saying you a creative person kind of needs somebody i think so yeah i mean what i if that i could call bullshit <laughs> yeah but if i could pay you a compliment what i love about your work is it seems purposed towards giving people a feeling of joy you know yeah uh, and, and it's the mission <laughs> I, and, right yeah. I, I, and and not a lot of comedians are going after that mission right. it's, it's a very tough line to pull off and so when i see it i'm like he clearly recognizes joy right. uh, to aim for it yeah you know so i and I don't know if most comics can even recognize joy at that level <laughs> to, to, to be able to to That's orchestrate true. it. You know, we're all like <laughs> up in here. I'm like, no, this man has experienced yeah. joy, and he's trying to lead you towards it. Yeah. You know, so that is unique. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, Veer, because uh, from the outside, uh, you know, you seem very together and very. Yeah. You know, there's a sensitivity and there's yeah. a thoughtfulness, but you do seem like, and it, it's it's it's. It's kind of funny as you paint your picture and you tell your story because I can also I can totally see that little kid who's screwing around and getting <laughs> his ass hit more than the other kids. Yeah. I can totally see that little devilish <laughs> part of it, but uh but there's also and it's a very interesting thing that you like sent to boarding school so early and yeah. then cut off and like now you're a grown up go do it. Yeah. Like 
that's where the that's where that grown up part of you is like there's like a steely part that also yeah. is uh the result of that which is such a bizarre again as a parent yeah i there's a selfishness in as being the father that yeah. I want the kids there in the house all the time and yeah. tickling them, even if they're going to turn out to be shitty adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But there yeah. is a real, like, he was, you know, as as cold as that might appear, like those moves, mm-hmm. it seems like ultimately it was valuable. I, I think so. I, I think if if you know what it feels like to be in the Indian community in Africa mm-hmm. where you will you're inside but you're on the outside you're mm-hmm. very sheltered very privileged and then you get to be the Indian uh, the African kid in the Indian boarding school mm-hmm. and then you get to be the kid from private school new to public school uh-huh. then be the Indian guy in Illinois <laughs> then be the drama school guy in Bollywood <laughs> Right. And and then be the Bollywood guy in L.A. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, you have to make peace with the fact that you have always been an outsider. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's your thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So then you stop the craving of what. Like, I haven't fit in anywhere since I was five years old. Right. You know. Yeah. And I'm still not okay with that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for it to happen just once. <laughs> to feel included. But uh, uh, yeah. as much as I hate it, it is slowly becoming, I don't think I've found a comedic voice yet, but it's slowly becoming a perspective. You You've know? been doing it 10 years? No, I've been doing it seriously about 10 years, but actually about 14, 15 About years. 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the outside, you definitely have a voice, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I know... It really is kind of insane that we can really that I was driving home last night with the same feeling that I had 15 years ago leaving that club yeah. of, though that worked and I think that was okay. And ah, you know, all, all of the, all of the stuff of not being clear that you're, again, this is the creativity thing yeah. of, of not being certain. We're never certain. We're never completely certain. But I think that's the best part of it. Like uh, to me, the the 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. before I hit a club, mm-hmm. knowing that I have five new minutes, yeah. <laughs> that's the best feeling. Yeah. It, it's better than doing the five new minutes. It's, yeah. it's better than, you know, and, and then the rewritten five new minutes. Just yeah. that knowledge that I have gold, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> right. or shit. Yeah. And I don't know which one it is. Yeah. That is undeniably the best feeling in the world. It is. Absolutely. You know? and. Like- and you have to then disguise that when you come into the club because all the other comics are like, whoa, my life sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But we're all excited. Yeah. Explain to me Bollywood. Bollywood is, I'd venture to say the most, uh, well, Bollywood's actually not a very good term. We don't like that term. Mm-hmm. So we call it now the Indian film industry or the Hindi film industry. Hindi, yeah. Because we're, you know, it's kind of us claiming and going, we're the largest film industry in the world. Why do we have to name this according to Hollywood? To Hollywood. You know? Right, right. We release five films a weekend across the country. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. So, you know, maybe we're just our own film industry, yeah, right? Yeah, right. It is the most beautiful, magical, responsible form of escapism I'd ever, I've ever seen. Right. You know, uh, my country's a very diverse country. Mm-hmm. And various different types of people. Yeah. Uh, the same in the darkness of a Bollywood theater. 
uh, of of a Hindi movie or a regional movie as well. Right. It it's the most democratic thing there is. Beautiful. It's really nice. Yeah. And, and it's. I was telling somebody this the other day. I think, like, to f- openly feel that level of emotion or put it on screen, mm-hmm. like Hollywood has to put people in superhero costumes. Right. You know, to to, yeah. to access that level of escapism. Yeah. 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 Was it hard to get into it? Are, are there are there more actors? There's so much more production. It's beautiful people, and it's beautiful, talented people. Yeah. Like I snuck in there. Like <laughs> I really, I really just kind of from the side door. And this is, this is in a time where there was like no Adam Sandler career path or like Ben Stiller career path. Yeah, you can be a comedic leading man. Right, right. right. In our films, the the hero of the movie is as funny as you know. Right. He does comedy at a quality level as well. Right. So I ended up shooting a stand up special doing like a five cam setup and and really spending my savings on it making 100 DVDs really and making sure they looked really good like uh-huh. if you put it next to magnolia it looked like it fit <laughs> and then i i went to every DVD library where i knew directors rented DVDs from ah and i just gave them 10 free copies really and that got me to auditions and got me into my first movie wow so i kind of Is it similar the way uh, the auditioning the Oh yeah, for sure. It's all it, the same. It is. Yeah. I, it was a uh, but it was just luck of the Irish. It, yeah. it, you know, I I was a background it's, it's extra. It's luck, but it's also pretty it's also pretty uh Yeah, it's a punt. You yeah. know, you you got to bet yeah. on yourself a little bit. Yeah. You shoot your shot. But I What I, was that film like? It, it was called Delhi Belly. Delhi Belly? Yeah, and it's kind of like India's Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. It's oh like yeah. Cult violent yeah, you know, yeah. kind of a comedy but I was doing a movie I was a background extra on a movie uh-huh. and it was one of these movies where uh, me and the guy I create stuff with still we met as background extras on this movie yeah we were just two young kids you know <laughs> and we got the there the first day and we were shooting a song this big bollywood star and they were like these are your steps so learn them you know we're two young bucks so 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 we learned we rehearsed all night and we uh-huh. danced pretty well You know, and if you look at the three of us in a frame with the the hero in the center, your eye goes to us sometimes, yeah. right? So then we showed up three days later, and and they were like, "Just take five steps back." <laughs> right? And then, then we came back three days later, and they were like, "Maybe a little bit more," right? Yeah. And eventually, they stopped lighting us, <laughs> like making us up. So. This whole movie you'll see this this hero in focus right and like 40 feet behind him are two guys out of focus just going we're getting fucked on this movie man <laughs> <laughs> and it was in the middle of that movie that I got Delhi Belly so it kind of got me through that like I got right. the phone call at night right it's <laughs> <laughs> great i just when you're talking about just the the beautiful women i did a gig when i was probably 10 years in in okay. new york yeah I got hired by an Indian couple had come to Caroline's okay and asked me to come to their home to their apartment to Ooh. do stand up in their living room for like 20 people and they paid me pretty good money yeah and I went up and a uh, gorgeous place on 5th Avenue I mean I was just like a young comic I didn't yeah you know I didn't uh, no, everything was underground <laughs> the comedy cellar yeah. was underground my apartment was underground everything was like <laughs> the subway was underground and now I'm in this rarefied air yeah and the 
they just got in a circle like in these beautiful chairs they had a lot of money it seemed and the women all in like the traditional dress and the yeah. women were the most beautiful yeah. women yeah. i'd ever seen in my life yeah i mean i was i was floored and every guy standing behind looked like <laughs> i know <laughs> like they like they were tra- like they were trying to do a comedy show <laughs> weird mustaches and big bushy eyebrows and they're all standing behind the, their wives yeah and i started pointing that out how beautiful these women are and how how, how did you how did <laughs> yeah. they, and it, i like did one joke too many where they're like okay we get it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the distance of beauty between indian women and indian men in beauty is tragic it really is just how far apart we are in terms of beauty i i have a gig like that too i did um i got a call for uh, do you guys have like a a hen night here um a bachelorette party yeah, right yeah. so before the the bride gets yeah, married right yeah. and rich couple in delhi their daughter was getting married <laughs> these are socialites right and so yeah. they they called us up uh, called me up and they're like come perform for our daughter's bachelorette party right right and i was like i don't do private gigs <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and they're yeah. like uh you're going to be performing in our basement uh-huh. where we have a 200 seater auditorium where the dalai lama has spoken oh right? my god and i'm like i'll call you back <laughs> right so now i get on google yeah. and they actually have a basement where the dalai lama has performed jeez and i was like I-, i still feel wrong about doing a bachelorette party and she's like how about you take your prize and you triple it whoa uh, and i think at that moment maybe my triple price was like 800 dollars <laughs> right, right? right. So, yeah, i'll show them <laughs> right, i'll show them right <laughs> Uh, I show up not a man in sight and it is 200 of the most beautiful women I have ever seen in my life jeez of all ages yeah i would have paid 800 dollars to, to do this gig <laughs> yeah. they all have silly string and those noise makers <laughs> and a group of 200 beautiful women if there's one man in there yeah nobody's listening to jokes you know what i mean <laughs> no. you're, you're, you're a piece of meat yeah. you know So I literally every time I cracked a punchline just mounds of silly string would go flying at my crotch and I'd have to scrape it off and just kind of shake it off my hand and I did 45 minutes that way you did until just my in, my pants were soaked not one silly string hit me above waist by the way they're just, <laughs> just crotch shots <laughs> oh my god but so worth it so worth it oh the beauty it's just another level so bollywood is there it seems i don't really know uh and what am i supposed to call it hindi uh, the, the hindi film industry the hindi film or, industry. or the indian film industry is fine uh there's so many films is it clear is it it's kind of naive question but is it is it clear of like is what the a list is oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah and then they have a level of fame that is unimaginable yeah, yeah. you know and when you got into more of the films did that really give you exposure to that kind yeah, of Yeah but I, I think everything I've done has been sort of action comedy stoner comedy uh-huh. you know like my fame is like a I think I'm like a double decker bus you know like <laughs> yeah. if you see me on the street you'll be like I know what that is right <laughs> <laughs> you may not Oh what well, there, yeah. there it goes <laughs> I, you know I, I don't want to take a ride or anything I just <laughs> yeah I know it right so right. I think that's my my level of uh, fame <laughs> <laughs> right did your sister 
ever think of getting into that, or she no, was no, more no. just she, documentaries? She's she made she's, one documentary. One na- when she won the national award, she made two other documentaries and just kind of went, "I'm out." I'm out. And now Back writes books. Yeah, but it's to me, it's like having a Ferrari in the garage and not driving it. Yeah, you know, because she's that good. She's really yeah. Would I be able to find that documentary? The that? I can send it to you. I can yeah. find it and send it to you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, documentaries in general now, I feel like have the pace of a feature film. I know. You know. I know, but it's getting a little, maybe reluctant. Maybe not. Maybe that's not so great in some instances. Well, there's a, there's a slickness to a lot of documentaries, and you're like. You're not full. This like you still need that thing that makes documentaries great, which is that story, like yeah. you're saying, like it has to have some depth to it. Yeah, a lot of it and is just getting footage a little tricky. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, this isn't special. <laughs> I saw what's the last good thing? I saw, I saw the Judd Apatow's George Carlin documentary, and that was yeah, fantastic. That was really good. It was really, really good. Yeah, like to see his different stages. Yeah, of evolution and kind of being newer hope you get to go through something like that yeah it's you know? a really interesting thing i was just uh, just when i was getting coffee actually I just take out my phone and there was a george carlin uh talking about fascism yeah and it's amazing how 98 percent of comedians even though they're great at their yeah. time they kind of fade a little bit they're just not yeah. as funny with it but because his issues he's so on yeah on the on point with his issues, he's lasting longer than everybody. And both sides are pasting his, are uh, posting his clips. Yes, you know he works for the left wing and the right wing. Yeah, in equal capacity, which is insane. It's insane. It's really insane. Well, I bake bread. <laughs> <laughs> I tell dick jokes and and should have been an economics major. <laughs> you know? We have to make peace with this. How are your are are your parents at peace with you now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. We we. How long did it take? I was twenty five. Like we found each other in this beautiful sort of. And he cut you off at twenty one. Yeah, but five years later, I was I was in India and I was um, I got in a job which was a great middle ground job for them. Mm-hmm. I I was a huge John Stewart fan. Mm-hmm. And at some point when I was twenty five, I I shot like a news comedy pilot on a on a kitchen table with like a handy cam and CNBC put me on 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 their channel so at the end of the primetime news bulletin right at 25 I got to do 3 minutes of jokes every night every night yeah yeah and so I'd I'd shoot twice a week and bank them so then my parents were like all right it's funny but it's still business uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. it's, it's it's somewhere in there there's still a scroll at the bottom <laughs> but it was embarrassingly immature stuff yeah. You know, now that I look back at it. Yeah. But you got to be a 25-year-old kid and talk about... Come on. You know, power and, and leaders and businessmen on the news, which is... And your father's... He's very proud at, yeah. that, at that moment in time. Yeah, it's like, all right. And, and you know, you get corporate shows on the weekend because they're all watching that news bulletin. That doesn't hurt either. Right, right, you know? yeah. But it was... Um, That's great. I used to roll that at 4 o'clock in the morning before the new studio opened for the morning show. Right. So I, I used to have to wake up at 2 a.m. and go in there and do stand-up at 4 a.m. <laughs> in a television studio, which is not fun. And how long would you take? I do uh, two episodes a day, and I, I and then I do a weekend episode. So I'd go in twice a week. 
Right. But I'd, I'd be in through the day just kind of writing jokes and yeah, yeah. scouring the newspapers. <laughs> and it was three minutes of, It's you know. great. How long did you do that for? Four years. For four years. And then, then I decided Bollywood was hopefully where I'd go. Yeah. And uh, I saw this movie where this big Bollywood star, his name is Amir Khan, who's always been front and center on every movie that he's ever done, was mm -hmm. suddenly in this ensemble with three guys that looked like me. You know, and I was like, oh, uh, maybe I don't have to do the, you know, the chiffon shirt and the six pack and, right. the, you know, and maybe there's a place for guys like me. Yeah. And then got into a movie that he produced. It was a big hit. And then ended up doing the chiffon shirt six pack. <laughs> <laughs> you did? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I can. It, that I want to see. Forget your forget your sister's documentary. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to know the secret to a six pack, I can give it to you. It's very easy. <laughs> What is it? So you have to be generally in shape. Uh -huh. All right, and then you cut out carbs uh -huh. um, about four weeks before the shoot. Uh -huh. You cut out salt about uh, three days before the shoot. <laughs> And you cut out water about a day and a half or two days before the shoot. Jeez. You drink nothing but cold green tea. Uh-huh. And your entire body will just... Every really? muscle will be supremely defined. <laughs> the the trick is you're weak as hell. Right? Yeah, right. You so, can't remember your lines. <laughs> yeah, your eyes have gone back into your socket. So... God forbid if it's like an intimate scene <laughs> yeah. or if it's a song where you're supposed to dance, just emaciated and dehydrated, uh, it's tough to pull off. It's amazing. And if you have one sip of water, just <laughs> everything goes just back pop, up. Pop, pops. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for being here. This was really great. It. This was, this good was fun. very cool. Um, it must be pretty cool to be coming back to the States. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. With, with success, like after the Alabama, not the, the Alabama Shakespeare mm -hmm. Festival wasn't great, <laughs> but it, it's got to be a pretty cool thing that you've, uh, you've, you've succeeded on both sides of the, uh, of the sea. Well, I, I think the fact that there's people here now who are willing to listen to sort of a foreign perspective about things that they don't know and mm -hmm. I get to explain it to them mm -hmm. or their own things. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing every comic who came over was always like, let me talk to you about where I'm from, but let me not really talk to you about where you're from. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, this market is strangely open now to both perspectives. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a cooler time. to. No, it's true. You know? It really is true. And man, we, we, I was so interested in your story. We didn't talk about food at all because <laughs> i was saying we were going to talk about give me this how about this give okay. me this one thing uh when i'm out here mm -hmm. living here in in los angeles and what would be what's the test of an indian restaurant because i can't really tell oh, the greats from the like in an italian restaurant if you order gnocchi which is yeah. this, the, the potato um pasta if they do that well you know the rest they, they've got yeah. their game yeah. in order Is there, what's the tell? Okay. Um, if you see chicken tikka masala on the menu, don't eat there. Don't it's, eat there. Don't eat there. Chicken tikka masala doesn't exist. That's it's, it's, General Chow's chicken. Yeah, That's, exactly. It's right. something we made up to get money from the West. 
So if you if you go into an Indian restaurant uh-huh. and you see chicken tikka masala, just don't eat it. Just just the whole place is done. Yeah. Oh, this is great. <laughs> this is all I wanted. It, it's the it's the green M and M's from Led yeah. Zeppelin's rider. That's it. Just chicken tikka masala. If it's on there, then you're in a bad place. If you'd really like good Indian food, here's what I do, and and I, because I know how much you tour. Yeah. Um. I will trade sometimes people tickets for food that their mom cooks for me. <laughs> right, you so, so I'll just be like, I'm coming to Arlington, Texas. Yeah. And uh, please, <laughs> one of you will pick your mom and she has to cook me dinner. That's so and great. I'll give you free tickets. And you'll end yeah. up getting DMs with just people like, this is my mom. And she cooks amazing shit. Yeah. Just pick one and you'll get good. The eating. good hook of that is that you're getting a mom involved. Yes. Because like a lot, because I bake a lot yeah. when I'm on tour, people will bring mysterious baked goods, and my wife's like, "You don't really eat that, do you?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, but I'm really eating it." It's good to know that a mom is there. That's kind of like yeah. that's like the Surgeon General saying, "We're not poisoning you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Veer. This was really great. Thank you, my friend. Thank and you, uh, I'll see you next time you're through. Yep. Thanks, Aaron. All right, kids, that's the big show. I told you it was a good one. Veer Das, he is, uh, he's legit. Go check out the special and uh, check out all of his stuff. I'm going to go try and find his Bollywood movie, his Hindi movie. Uh, and also, I'm going to find out if my Indian restaurants are legit or not. Who knew? No chicken masala. It's going to be tough to find. I guarantee there are going to be very few Indian restaurants here that don't have that. And, uh, well, you know, I'm doing my best. (laughs) All right, guys, thank you for listening and uh, watching. Go to TomPapa.com, look up all of the good stuff, and we'll see you next time.